multiple births happen very infrequently. The odds decrease dramatically the more children that are born at once. The odds of twins, for example, is 1 in 250 pregnancies. The odds of triplets is about 1 in 62,000. The odds of quadruplets is 1 in 15 million. And the odds of quintuplets, 5 children, is an astonishing 1 in 55 million. In fact, the first case of natural quintuplets surviving infancy occurred 86 years ago during the Great Depression. Learn more about the Dion quintuplets on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steak, such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code daily to choose your free-for-a-year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by the Travel Photography Academy. In 2007, I sold my home to travel around the world. I bought an expensive camera that I didn't know how to use and took a bunch of terrible photos. Several years, a hundred countries, and tens of thousands of photos later, I had improved my photography to the point where I was winning national awards, being named Travel Photographer of the Year three times in North America. I created the Travel Photography Academy so you don't have to spend the many years that I did to improve your photography. Even though we can't easily travel right now, you can still work on improving your photography at home and in your own community. Just go to TravelPhotographyAcademy.com or click on the link in the show notes to start improving your photography today. While still not what you would call common, multiple births, especially extreme multiple births, occur more frequently today than they did in the past. For starters, fertility drugs have made extreme multiple births more possible. You've probably all seen the reality TV shows of families that had six to eight children at once. 
In every one of those cases, the multiple births were the result of taking fertility medication, which drastically increased the odds of multiple births. The odds of multiple births beyond twins amongst humans, however, are exceedingly rare in nature. Not only are the odds of it happening rare, but the odds of survival diminish dramatically the more children which are born at once. The average length of a human gestation is approximately 40 weeks. The average length of gestation for quintuplets, for example, is only 29 weeks. That means almost every large occurrence of multiple births will be premature. Prior to the advent of modern medicine, the odds of survival of premature births were very, very low. That's why it wasn't until the 20th century when the world's first case of surviving quintuplets was born. On May 28, 1934, in Calendar, Ontario, five identical girls were born to Olivia and Elzerie Dion. The children became known as the Dion quintuplets. The mother, Elzerie, assumed that she would probably be carrying twins, but in no way did she consider that five children were even possible. The local doctor, Dr. Alan Roy Defoe, delivered the five children with the assistance of two midwives. The five girls were named Annette, Celise, Emily, Marie, and Yvonne. The brother of the father, Olivia, contacted a local newspaper as soon as they found out the quintuplets had been delivered, and the editor of the newspaper sent the news out on the wire. Within hours, the quintuplets were a story around the world. The girls were born in a farmhouse that didn't have electricity. Moreover, the family already had five children. Having five children at once became a huge financial burden, especially in the middle of the Depression. When journalists came up to northern Ontario to photograph the girls, they brought with them incubators, which honestly probably saved their lives. Other people from around the world began sending money and gifts to help out the family. Within days, the family was confronted with the first of what would plague the girls throughout their childhood. The Century of Progress exhibition in Chicago wanted to put the girls on display. The girl's father signed a contract, but then tried to get out of it only days later. He claimed that the mother hadn't signed it, so the contract wasn't valid. To get out of the contract, just two months after the girls were born, the parents signed guardianship of the girls over to the Red Cross for two years. This would get them out of the contract so the girls wouldn't be put on display, and it also solved the problem of their finances. The Red Cross would pay for everything, including nurses and food. The parents did eventually make a trip to Chicago for the World's Fair and did appearances as the parents of the quintuplets. The children did not attend. However, that seemingly innocuous trip by the parents became the basis for the event which changed the girls' lives forever. The Premier of Ontario at the time, Mitchell Hepburn, used this as an excuse to pass legislation in the Ontario Parliament that gave custody of the girls to the province until the age of 18. They were basically taken by the government without the consent or approval of the parents. The supposed reason for taking the children was that so they wouldn't be exploited and they would be protected from promoters. The irony and hypocrisy of this would soon become quite evident. Soon after custody was transferred to the government, they created a nursery across the street from where they were born. It was called the Defoe Hospital and Nursery, named after the doctor that delivered them. The government, quickly realizing the interest in the girls, thought they could use the girls to develop tourism in the area. The nursery and playground that was built had public viewing areas. And the girls almost never left the nursery. They had nurses and teachers attend to them inside the facility. Over time, an entire industry developed around the quintuplets. The parents ran a souvenir shop across the street from the nursery. Over 3,000 visitors a day visited the facility, soon dubbed Quintland. Between 1936 and 1943, it had a total of over 3 million visitors. It was basically a human zoo. The parents ran one of the five souvenir stands selling Quint memorabilia in town. 
1937, Quintland was more popular than Niagara Falls. That year, they also made the cover of Time magazine. The government, which had taken custody of them in order to protect the girls from promoters, signed the girls up to promote a long list of products. Quaker Oats, Lysol Disinfectant, Libby's Baby Food, Palmolive Soap, Colgate Dental Cream, Carol Corn Syrup, Lifesavers, and Baby Ruth Candy Bars all used the Dion Quintuplets for marketing. Celebrities came to visit Quintland to get their photos taken with the girls. Clark Gable, Jimmy Stewart, Betty Davis, James Cagney, and Mae West all came to visit. Amelia Earhart came just weeks before her final flight around the world. The girls appeared in three Hollywood films between 1936 and 1938. In theory, there was a trust fund established for the girls where all the money was supposed to go. But anything even remotely associated with the quintuplets was paid for out of the trust. If a government official came to visit, their visit was paid for out of the girls' trust fund. Dr. Defoe, the doctor who delivered the girls, was the chairman of the board which oversaw the girls' care, for which he received a salary. He appeared in advertisements. He had a newspaper column called The Quintuplets and the Care of Your Children, and he wrote a book. It was estimated that he made the equivalent of what today would be $2.5 million from his association with the quintuplets. The province of Ontario was estimated to have made over $50 million from taxes and revenue associated with the boost in tourism to see the girls, all in the name of protecting them from exploitation. In 1943, after a great deal of public pressure, the girls were given back to their parents along with their trust fund. The parents built an enormous 19-bedroom mansion with the money. The previous nine years had made the reunion with their parents difficult. The parents had little contact with the girls since they were born. They viewed them as a source of money and the reports of physical and sexual abuse. All five of the girls left home when they turned 18 and had little contact with their parents thereafter. Emily wanted to become a nun. At the age of 20, while she was still a postulant, she had a seizure while she was sleeping and accidentally suffocated. Marie died at the age of 35 after developing a blood clot in her brain. Despite the millions of dollars made by the girls when they were young, they all had financial difficulties later in life as they saw almost none of the money as adults. In 1998, they sued the government of Ontario and eventually settled for $4 million. Soon after, in 2001, Yvonne passed away at the age of 67. Cecile and Annette are still around at the age of 86. Cecile's son stole her share of the settlement money and has never been heard from again. Ironically, she is once again a ward of the state. Both women have spoken out against the economic exploitation of children, whether it's child actors, kidfluencers, child YouTube stars, or other families with large multiple births. The women just want to make sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to anyone else. Executive producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is James Makala. The associate producer is Thor Thompson. Today's five-star review comes from Jason Falls over on Podchaser. He writes, Gary has traveled the world and shares all the neat things he's learned in short episodes that just fill your head with interesting facts and tidbits. It's not a travel podcast, he's a world-renowned travel blogger, but a history and knowledge podcast. I love it. Helps me polish my trivia knowledge. Well, thank you, Jason. And you can actually listen to a recent interview I did with Jason on his Winfluence podcast, where I talk about some of the business stuff behind this podcast. You can find a link to the show in the show notes. <laughs> 